Let's go to Boston, actually. Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe, who, when we spoke to him last week, uh, was shivering with the cold. Has your polar vortex left you now, Kevin? No, the polar vortex has left me, but it's snowing outside here in Boston. So this is winter. <laughs> yeah, I think you've had a pretty bad winter there. We saw lots of people uh, throwing buckets of hot air, hot water into the air to see if it had turned into snow. How bad did it get for you? Because, I mean, it was, it was pretty hairy this time last week. It was the, the the worst. It was at least in, in where I live it was about five below. Um, in in the Midwest, it was quite worse. I know that a friend in Chicago told me in the middle of the day it was eleven below. That's Fahrenheit. That's so, Fahrenheit, um, not Celsius. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, extraordinary. But it it's been much worse in the Midwest. Like I said, this is just a typical winter here in New England. We're pretty used to it by now. <laughs> Um, you might argue that Chris Christie, who's the New Jersey governor, was uh, what could be described as a relatively likable Republican. He had, he mm-hmm. had done well uh, after the impact of, of that hurricane that hit the area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a friend of Springsteen and it was all good. But tell me about this story and the bridge and dirty politics that has been very much washed in public this week. It's been bubbling around, but it exploded this week with some um, smoking gun emails. Basically, it comes down to this. If any of your listeners know, going over the George Washington Bridge, which connects New Jersey and New York, on a good day can be a pain in the neck. It's just very heavily traveled. Um, somebody uh, in the very high up in the Christie administration decided to punish the mayor of Fort Lee, which is on the Jersey side of the bridge, because he, he was a Democrat and he supported the Democratic challenger for Christie in, the, in, in, in last year's election for governor. And so what they did is they basically shut down two lanes of, of, of the bridge leading to the bridge. And so it created this massive traffic jam. Now, it, it sounds, you know, people would say that's dirty tricks and all that stuff, but there's some very serious, first of all, there were kids stuck on school buses for hours, and they believe that there were several people that needed ambulances that didn't get them because of that traffic jam. There's one suggestion that somebody perhaps died because of lack of ability of the ambulance to get to the house. This is very, very serious. And like yesterday, uh, Christie went and gave a rather extraordinary two-hour performance in which he expressed complete ignorance about this. He basically said his staff did this, and it was a fine Irish girl named Bridget Ann Kelly who fell on her sword and took full responsibility for it. If Bridget Ann Kelly keeps her mouth shut, Chris Christie should emerge from this okay. If, in fact, she gives it now, they just convened a federal investigation and to, to see if, if criminal statutes were violated. And I can guarantee you, Jonathan, criminal statutes absolutely were violated in this case. If she keeps her mouth shut and takes her medicine, he'll be okay. If she decides down the road that she's not going to jail for this guy, she'll throw him over and his, his political career will be over. The interesting part of this is that you would think that the Democrats would be like loving this, but there are an awful lot of Republicans who hate Christie because he committed the atrocious offense of actually embracing President Obama after the superstorm Sandy ruined um, <laughs> parts of New It's really bizarre. It's, one, it's, it's like a subplot to his favorite show, The Sopranos. Yeah, it's just so strange. And it's only in American politics somebody would close down a road to get back at a rival. I don't think bad and all as Irish politicians are, that wouldn't even dawn on them on this side of the Atlantic. Uh, tell me See, about I this that's fraud. that's what happened in Mullingar all those years before they had the bypass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, no, that's just a money issue. Uh, tell us about this 9-11 fraud um, involving retired New York cops. I mean, this is probably the worst sin you can commit in the Big Apple. Oh, 
it's, I tell you, people want to kill them. It's horrible because what they did basically is it, it, it was it was run by a bunch of former cops who who retired on disability and created these phony disabilities. What they did is they went to mostly cops, but also some firefighters after 9/11 and coached them of how to go before psychiatrists and express you know how, how, to act like you have PTSD, you know to forget certain things to to to, to screw up on basic math. And they coached them how to get this. There's over 100 guys who got phony disability claims. It's about as low as you can go to to cite 9/11 when so many you know police officers and particularly so many firefighters. I always remember it's like that Springsteen song. They went into the fire while everybody was running out of the towers. The firefighters went up the stairs, and so these guys are besmirching that memory, the honor of those firefighters in particular, by basically claiming false phony disabilities. And they're gonna; these guys are gonna get heavy, heavy time. It's a massive investigation, um, and it and it also shows that the people that did this, the coaches, had been doing it for years. This was just another example. They, I mean, they were doing this with all sorts of people before 9/11. So it's it's a, it's probably the one of the biggest examples of public fraud, certainly in New York, if not in the United States. I just want to finish up with this. Let's have a listen to a little bit of Dennis Rodman. He was speaking to CNN <laughs> from his basketball diplomacy trip to North Korea earlier in the week. We of the guys here doing one thing. We have to go back to America and take the abuse. Do you have to take the abuse? Well, we're going to take it. Yeah, that, that kind of sums it up. And knowing now he that... He sounds like he, Matt he, Cooper's co-presenter, doesn't he? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, he sounds a little bit, Matt is on his own now, to be fair. Um, he sounds like um, he was drunk, but he admitted that oh, he, he was, was drinking afterwards. Look, this goes to how bizarre this whole North Korea escapade was. Yeah, I actually, I mean, the, the leader of, the, uh, of North Korea, I believe his name is Roy Orbison. Uh, he is obviously crazy. He just he just executed his uncle last month, and uh, Rodman. I, I must say, uh, and this was on the national news here. I really wonder why anybody is paying any attention to Dennis Rodman. He was an average basketball player. He's a less than average personality right now, but he's got an awful lot of attention. And the NBA obviously has distanced themselves, saying, you know, he is he's not representing basketball. He's not representing anybody but himself. And you know the guy's crazy. So the fact that he could get this amount of attention—it's like that old thing. If, if, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody sees it, does it actually happen? Following Dennis Rodman around the world to me is is ludicrous. And like I said, it actually led the NBC Nightly News the other night because the guy's crazy. But I still want to know what the hell Matt Cooper was doing there. <laughs> well, I think we might find out soon. I think he's on his way back today. But there was one serious element to this, and the whole point of the CNN interview was they were talking about this guy, Kenneth Bay. Oh, poor, yeah, um, poor guy. Who, who's an American who's stuck in North Korea. You'd think that if he was going to do any kind of good, he would have raised this with his best buddy, Kim Jong-un. Well, the other thing, it seems to me, if Rodman said, give him to me and let me bring him home and I'll be a hero. And, you know, that would have been so obvious. I think Rodman's so dumb, he didn't even think of doing it. I mean, he actually apologized the day after, saying he shouldn't have thrown this guy under the bus. Because yeah. some of the comments that Rodman said were actually used on the official media, saying that even Americans support North Korea's right to imprison this guy, which couldn't be further from the truth. The guy's like no. a missionary. Oh, to be fair, and, and Rodman was a bit jarred when he did the interview. He admitted that yeah, afterwards. Yeah, a bit jarred. He's our <laughs> Brendan Bean. Kevin. Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe. We'll talk to you next week, Kevin. All the best.